Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we want to welcome you to our official Dallas Cowboys post-game show here at Blogging the Boys. We stream this live on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We recently passed 15,000 subscribers. Grateful for all of you who have chosen to be a part of this ride with us. Also available on our Facebook page. We do podcasts for you as well. Available on the podcast, uh, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a rating, right? review those things help us out more than you understand i'm our joe chawa let's go ahead and begin the dallas cowboys were embarrassed they were humiliated they were outplayed outcoached outwitted outmatched outplayed outlasted to use all of jeff Probst's adjectives on the beloved show of survivor although this season that show sucks as much as this cowboys game did this was bad. This was a really, really, really bad loss. As Andre says on YouTube, yikes. I don't know that yikes qualifies it. Uh, in, in fact, uh, poetically, Joshua chimes in on the Facebook side of things. Freaking yikes. This was awful. Kevin saying disgusting display today. A reminder that this is your post-game show, people. I am merely your puppeteer. You control all of the strings. Whatever you want to talk about, we will get into. We will talk winners and losers, although I will tell you that we have 10 and there is only one single winner. That means we have nine losers to get to. This was awful. Um, C. Laws, uh, man, just a, a bummer of a point. I knew this was coming. Uh, on our Facebook stream says, let's never wear the red stripe again ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I love the right stripe. Uh, I read the right stripe. My words are all over the place today, uh, just kind of matching the Cowboys' performance. I love the red stripe, but I knew. I had the moment where I thought, and I tweeted this. I'm on Twitter at RG Ochoa. Uh, people are going to say that this was a curse of the red stripe, the way people say that the blue jerseys are cursed, the navy jerseys are cursed, whatever. Uh, that thought did cross my mind. But this was uh, shellacking. I mean, this was a uh, you know, devastation is too far. I, I think that, you know, we have to compartmentalize. We have to contextualize this game. But there's no question about it. The Cowboys were simply beaten. They were beaten to a pulp by a Denver Broncos team that a lot of us overestimated. A lot of us looked past it. In fact, and I, you know, look, I've been wrong. I will continue to be wrong. But I had a lot of people speaking of my Twitter, in my Twitter mentions, here in our comments saying, you know what? I'm rooting for the NFC East. I want to see all those draft picks be as worse as possible. I'm rooting for them. And to be very clear here, I am in no way saying that the NFC East is not going to be won by the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe that for a second. But this is why you don't take advantage, or rather, you don't you don't count your chickens before they hatch. You don't assume anything in the NFL. This is a weird week. You know, I've got the Red Zone channel on behind us as our postgame show has started here, and the Buffalo Bills just lost six to nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is this is a league where anything can happen. The Minnesota Vikings, who Cooper Rush just beat, are in overtime at the moment with the Baltimore Ravens, and so. 
it's um it's a crazy game it's a crazy league it's a crazy sport and that's what makes it so much fun but it's also what makes it so frustrating tyler with our first super chat of the show says trade zeke most overrated and overplayed player ever he needs to go just stop trade now tyler i appreciate uh your thought i appreciate your criticism i appreciate your emotion um i mean there's no financial you know uh, reprieve for the Cowboys from trading Zeke. We're past the NFL's trade deadline, by the way. I don't know if you're just speaking out of frustration. Um, Zeke was not the problem today. There were a lot of problems. Zeke got hurt, had the knee contusion, was questionable to return, ultimately did return. In fact, I think Tony Pollard had a worse game. Tony Pollard had the uh, you know the, the great kick return to start the game, but Tony Pollard had a critical drop, had a critical drop on second and seven that wound up being a possession where the Dallas Cowboys lost the ball. And so things are, things are not going great. Great. And we knew this, right? We said, we said a long time ago during the win streak, and I'm seeing here the Browns uh, final score against the Bengals, 41 to 16. They are both five and four, the race in the AFC North, certainly very interesting. But we said the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose a game. And you know, something I said about a month ago, I said, I bet you it could be that game against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think any of us saw them losing against the Denver Broncos, but the, the, the the thing about the NFL, the thing about sports, you could argue the thing about life, although I'm not any sort of philosophical person or, uh, you know, genius in that sense or even, you know, kind of genius. But I mean, in the NFL and football and sports, you you win games you're not supposed to, right? Like that happens. And that happened last week. And that's why we celebrated. That's why we said kudos to Mike McCarthy. We threw a bunch of roses at people. We said, you win the games you're not supposed to. You're going to be an elite team when it's all said and done. But sometimes you lose games you're not supposed to. And the Dallas Cowboys lost the game today against the Denver Broncos that they definitely were not supposed to lose. Eli Perkins, thank you for the super chat. Says we looked like paper tigers today. Yeah, I think that's being too kind. I think the Cowboys, today the Cowboys looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Does that mean they are one of the worst teams in the NFL? No, but today they looked very bad. You know, I was really high. A lot of us were really high on the Cowboys. I write power rankings every Tuesday at our site, and I had the Dallas Cowboys as the very best team in the National Football League, and obviously that's not the case. Obviously, a lot of things took a hit today. I think Dak Prescott's MVP candidacy took a hit today. Right now, it's Matthew Stafford's, you know, award to lose at this particular point, and obviously there's a lot of football left. The Cowboys are 6-2, and two people, and I know that we want to win every game, and I'm not saying that this makes the loss manageable or this makes the loss good or this makes the loss whatever but this is far better when we if we circled back if we if we marty mcfly this and we went back to the conversations we were having in june and july and if i had told you the cowboys would be six and two through eight games you would have taken that then now i understand that the taste of this loss and the taste of this game is a little bit more bitter than you would have liked but they are six and two and that is ultimately what matters the most the context of the season as a whole but obviously we're here today to discuss this particular loss to the denver broncos jay arrowwood says i'm glad i'm in scotland on vacation and missed this ridiculous effort. Jay, what time is it in Scotland? I have no idea. Shout out to the United States, of course, falling back. It's going to be dark sooner than later. Uh, CJ uh, says rebuild time. I hope that's a joke. Um, but, you know, uh, oh, Calvin says, wow, Vikings picked. It does seem like the Ravens are about to win this game. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I am hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Jixiu, I, difficult name to pronounce. Apologies here. Uh, says, Arjun, do you think this team is the same old Cowboys or one bad game? So I co-host a show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network that drops every Wednesday called the NFC East Mixtape. This is a show that I do with Brandon Gowden. Brandon is the me from our Philadelphia Eagles site here at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. And every Wednesday, Brandon and I, we talk about the state of the NFC East. We talk about, you know, the division as a whole, how teams are looking. Obviously, for the last month and a half, it's been a lot of fun for me and not a lot of fun for Brandon. But, you know, Brandon and I were chatting in this game right now on Slack, just kind of talking about stuff. And I said, you know, 
we were we were scared to believe in the Cowboys, and this is why. And I think that you know we talked about this on our roundtable show here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel earlier in the week. We've we've all got a lot of emotional scar tissue when it comes to this team, and that's what was so impressive about last week's win against the Minnesota Vikings was that was the game that this team usually lost. The game that they were they were kind of playing with house money in. They generally lost, and then we would have sat and we would have talked ourselves about how everything was great, how everything was fine, how everything was not worth panicking, how, you know, what were they supposed to do? They were without Dak Prescott, et cetera. And we said, this is why, this is how we know that this team is different. And so today, this loss, this this does feed that. This does pick at that. This does pull at those scars and those scabs that we have where it says, you know what, you're not an elite team. You're going to fall flat. You're, you're, this ride is going to end. The clock is going to strike midnight, or the clock is going to strike midnight, and the, the magnificent carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin. We all have those fears and those reservations about this Cowboys team because, you know, if you're 35 years old or younger, you've known nothing else for the Dallas Cowboys. And so it's difficult to get past that emotion. But uh, let's see here. Let's get to your comments. Larry says the defense non existent. You're definitely going to see that in our losers list. Eric says talking heads are going to complain about Dak, but the O line was a sieve. This was, you know, look, that's this kind of segues us into our winners and losers. And I do, you know, I think we have to start here. You will not find somebody that loves Dak Prescott more than me, more than you. I know a lot of you are, are Team Dak. We've been Team Dak for a long time. We believe in Dak Prescott. This game doesn't change that. This game doesn't shake that in any way, sense, or form. But this game, because you know how the internet works, this game is going to pull out the haters. The haters are coming. The haters are coming, and they're saying they're, they're fun, snide comments, how Cooper Rush won last week, how Dak this, Dak that. And to be honest, while I agree that the offensive line did not play well, one of my losers is Dak Prescott. This was one of the worst games of Dak Prescott's career. And I think that you it's it's okay to say that. It's it's not, it doesn't mean you love Dak less. It doesn't mean that you don't believe in him long term. It doesn't mean that you think the Cowboys made a mistake with the contract. Anybody saying those things is simply trying to agitate you. But Dak was awful in this game. And there's a lot of context that's necessary in that. Dak hasn't played, you know, or hadn't played prior to this game, played an actual game, obviously, practice and whatnot, since the Cowboys went to New England. I mean, that was a long time ago. You factor in the bye week. You factor in not playing against Minnesota. You factor in the injury that he dealt with, obviously, the caption. You factor in the personal loss that he he obviously had to deal with in his family. And so there's a lot going on there. But objectively, this this was a really, really, really bad game for Dak Prescott. And that's okay. That doesn't mean anything other than that. It was a bad game for Dak Prescott. Didn't get a lot of help. I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of blame to go around in this game. There, there were a lot of receivers that ultimately dropped passes, not just receivers. I mean, the Cowboys defense did Dak Prescott no favors, but he's the quarterback. He's the face of the team. He's the guy who wheels this team back into victory. And I know the Cowboys scored 16 points there at the very end, but I mean, I'm willing to categorize those 16 points as garbage time, and I think you are too. And so the Cowboys ultimately got shut out as far as the game was really ultimately concerned. And so to get shut out, I mean, regardless of the circumstances, it's just not a good look for Dak Prescott or for this offense as a whole. Eli Perkins, thank you again for the Super Chat. Says, any given Sunday, anything can happen. That's totally true. Again, you look at what happened today across the NFL. The Buffalo Bills, you know, but people think the Buffalo Bills are better than the, the Dallas Cowboys. But and, and look, the Cowboys lost. And I know right now you don't want to hear the Cowboys are better than anybody. But the Buffalo Bills just put up six points in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, on the road technically, but still it's the Jaguars. I mean, and the Bills coming off their bye. I mean, you know, it's... It's a it's a bad look for Buffalo. I mean, they're not coming off the bye, but still, the point is, I mean, really, really, really bad game for the Bills. And 
it happens. Teams are going to play bad games. The Green Bay Packers, a whole different, you know, discussion considering the events of the last week. But the Green Bay Packers got, you know, destroyed in week one against the New Orleans Saints. We've seen, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, again, haven't necessarily been great at any point this season, but obviously struggling. There is no team, no team in the NFL, no team in any sport that is going to play exemplary from start to finish. This just isn't going to happen. And so Cowboys kind of paying the consequences for that. But on the subject of Dak Prescott, and I'm curious for your thoughts, uh, if you're with us live on YouTube or Facebook, something I believe, and I don't know that anybody's going to be able to talk me out of this. It was insane. It was categorically insane. It was categorically irresponsible to leave Dak Prescott in the game at the very end. I hated this. I hated this. And I have given Mike McCarthy an enormous amount of props. I have been somebody who has tried to champion the decision-making, the changes that Mike McCarthy has instituted. I think that Mike McCarthy has done a wonderful job as the Cowboys head coach, certainly more, more, much more of a wonder or more of a much wonderful whatever. He's done a better job than most people are willing to give him credit for. However, the decision to leave Dak in the game late like they did was ridiculous. And there's very little that the Cowboys can say to defend that line of action, that line of thought in my mind. If we revisit what happened last week, now America's team on YouTube says, RJ, maybe Dak wanted to keep playing. Stop blaming Mike for everything. First of all, I don't blame Mike for everything, but you know what? Dak wanted to play last week in Minnesota. And what was the conversation? What was the talking point all week long? Sometimes we have to protect Dak from himself. He wants to play. He wants to be out there, but we have to make the wise decision. This is a long-term game. There are long-term consequences at stake here and so if you're going to be the team that is going to bench Dak Prescott last week against Minnesota and to be very clear that was the responsible decision and the Cowboys got away with it by winning that game by starting Cooper Rush that was the responsible decision but if you're going to be that team if that's going to be your line of thought then it's ridiculous it's actually dumb it's stupid to leave him out in this game and have him be taking shots have him be running quarterback draws and respect to Dak the heart of a competitor all the cliches you want to rile up there but that is not smart for the good and the long term term of this team and the Cowboys you know they gambled with that they did not want to wager that last week against the Vikings which is why they sat him why they did it against the Denver Broncos remains unknown the only logical conclusion that can be drawn again maybe Dak wants to be out there okay that's great but you know what you have to do Mike if you're the head coach you got to say no you got to say enough you got to say this game is over you got to be out of here man because next week we're playing the Atlanta Falcons the week after that we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs four days after that we're hosting the Las Vegas Raiders you cannot be out there right now it's bad for you and if it's bad for you it's bad for the rest of us and Mike McCarthy didn't just leave Dak Prescott out there left a lot of players out there look it's okay to wave the white flag it upsets us it's boring but it is okay and that's what they did against Minnesota and they did not do it late in this game those lines of thought do not jive with one another which is why it's so upsetting that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys staff did this uh let's see here Brenda says irritated because Cowboys weren't on TV today guess they figured the Cowboys would be viewed more than the Texans shame on Houston TV services ridiculous Brenda I've got some family that lives in Houston um and they were texting me early on how they were stuck watching the Texans game my thoughts uh my hopes that you know hopefully next time you won't have to deal with this but um it's you know it's unfortunate. Welcome to local TV. And it's, you know, the way the NFL has a Sunday ticket and whatnot, it's just difficult. You know, we got to find a better way, people, to be able to, you know, set this thing up for people that are, are fans of different teams that live in different places. But let's see here. Eileen says, I hate when we lose. We cry too much and we blame the won't people. None of us are coaches in the NFL. Please stop. I mean, 
you know, I don't know who you blame in this game except for the Cowboys. And and again, like it's okay to say that the Cowboys were really bad in this game, but they're still a really good team, all things considered. Both things can be true, and that's the case here. This was one of the worst games the Cowboys have played in a very long time. This is arguably, I think, the worst game the Cowboys have played under Mike McCarthy uh, with Dak Prescott under center. They were obviously uh, not doing well early on last season, but we saw at least you know the offense having success. This was a really just this was a flat game, and and you have to you know if teams are flat, you have to look for a place to place that blame and for me it's mike mccarthy mike mccarthy i've been high on mike mccarthy all right if you watch anything we do here at blog of the boys if you read what i write at blog of the boys.com if you follow me on social media i have tried to sing the songs of mike mccarthy for far too long and nobody wants to hear them all right i don't like to sing a lot of things i'm not that great at it but this was not a good game and they were flat the cowboys were flat in this game and you cannot place that blame anywhere else but at the feet of the head coach. And Kellen Moore deserves a lot of blame. Dan Quinn deserves a lot of blame. I don't have them on my losers list because I ran out of losers because it was such a loser-filled game for the Cowboys. But man, I mean, this was not good from Mike McCarthy. And it's okay. It's 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 not okay in that, you know, we're fine with it. We're going to be happy with this. We're going to you know, settle for this. No, it, we're okay with this in the sense that the Cowboys are still a really good team. Their quarterback is still one of the very best in the National Football League. Mike McCarthy is still a good head coach, but this performance was dreadful. I mean, this this was awful. Now, Kevin brings this point up. It is a bad day when you block a punt and the other team still gets the ball. I have a feeling that this is going to upset you, all right? What a dumb rule, NFL. Now, the Cowboys, look. I don't want to sit here and say that the Cowboys are constantly getting, you know, or they're on the wrong end of calls or whatever in the NFL. I'm not somebody that believes, you know, that the Cowboys don't get calls or that the NFL has it out for them. I don't believe that in any way, shape or form. But what I will say is that there have been a lot of weird calls that have worked against the Cowboys this season, twice this season, twice. Granted, they were in Cowboys wins. Dak Prescott scored at the goal line, and both times they were ruled not to be touchdowns by the referees on the field at the given moment. Last week, CeeDee Lamb gets choked by Harrison Smith on the sideline, and we find out yesterday on Saturday that apparently his thumb got caught in CeeDee's chin strap. I'll believe it when I see it. However, in this game, um, this punt, all right, I I understand the I understand what the NFL is saying the explanation is, um, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Here is the play that we are talking about. You obviously know the one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Eli, by the way, for the super, thank you for the super chat. So let's keep our head up Falcons next week. Hashtag DC for Ellie. Eli, you're going to get a lot of people that say, watch out. This team might lose to the Falcons. And those people are overreacting. But the Cowboys are going to beat the Falcons. But we have some things to talk about. So let's talk about uh, this particular play, this punt and how stupid it was that uh, this did not turn into a Cowboys turnover. Now, look, I do not. Okay, here we go. Malik Turner, who had a game, by the way. Malik Turner had two touchdowns. Malik Turner dives, gets the block. Awesome. All right, great. Let's see the other angle. Here he goes. Malik Turner, block, and it's touched beyond the line of scrimmage. Denver recovers because the Cowboys touch it beyond the line of scrimmage. It's deemed a live ball. Denver can cover it. Blah, blah, blah. Stupid rule, stupid rule, stupid rule, stupid rule. I think this is dumb. I understand. And look, I am somebody who talks about something. If you didn't know, I believe in something called the purple pants rule. The purple pants rule is if you have a job and they pay you and they want to pay you all this money to do this job, whatever it is, but the job says in the contract that you signed, you cannot wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays. 
and you wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays after you sign that contract, you're at fault in my mind. It's a stupid rule, but you knew the rule when you signed the contract, you agreed to do the job, et cetera. So you knew the rule, so you're at fault. And a lot of people are saying, you know what, this is the rule. So, you know, really you should blame John Fossil. Really you should blame the Cowboys players because they know the rule. They're supposed to know the rule. They have to know what's going on. They know the rule. What are they, you know, they have to be taught. They have to be drilled. They have to be instructed. They know the rule. To that, I say, I ain't buying that. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, it's a dumb rule. And fine, you want to live by the letter of the law. It's a rule. It was executed correctly. Fine. But this is a really dumb rule because how are you supposed to, how is any player when jumping up for a punt, a blocked punt, a muffed punt, a fair catch, whatever you want to call it, fair catch, wrong, forget that. But if any player is jumping up for the ball, do you think any player when jumping up understands where they are relative to the line of scrimmage. You know why I hate this rule? And I don't want to bring up the desk catch and say that they're the same thing. But the reason I hated the desk catch rule, because it was a rule and fine, it was implemented. It was stupid as well. The reason I hate that rule and the reason I hate this rule is because you are telling NFL players not to be elite athletes. The reason we like this game, the reason we watch, the reason we give all of our time and all of our energy and all of our, you know, emotions to this cause is because we want to see amazing things. That's what we want to see. We want to be entertained in exemplary fashion. We want to see something amazing. We want to see people, physical, you know, specimens, athletes do things that we cannot do because we're not that athletically talented. So when you tell a player right here, you have to be aware of the line of scrimmage. It's a dumb rule. It's impossible. Nobody can do this. This is insane. And so. The fact that Denver could have their punt blocked and ultimately recover the football by improving their field position is incredibly dumb. It's incredibly dumb. It's stupid. And ultimately, I'm glad that the Cowboys were blown out because, look, I I would not have wanted to have sat here and talked about, you know, if that punt block had just gone the other way, the Cowboys would have won this game. I'm glad it was inconsequential, but it is a dumb rule. Let's see here. Uh, Keith says, we flat out got beat every part of the game today. I had us going 13 and four on the season. That's only our second L. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how many, you know, the Cowboys, how many games, how many wins, losses the Cowboys are going to walk away with. But um, dumb rule, dumb rule. Uh, Chris Lopez says, I'm sure Denver players thought it was a Dallas ball too. Here's the thing. And by the way, this Vikings-Ravens uh, game is still in overtime. There's a minute left. We might be uh, on the verge of a tie. But th- this is a, a weird rule, and I'm not the first person to say this, but the rule should be, and th- people used to say this about the catch, or like, what is a catch? What isn't a catch? The rule should be you go to random bar in America. You go to any bar, any bar, any state, any whatever, people watching football, and you ask them. You say, is this a punt block? If an overwhelming majority of people in that bar say, yeah, that's a block punt, it's a block punt. That's the rule. We know what we know. All right, you don't. This is the classic example of the NFL overcomplicated things. The NFL does that. The NFL likes to, you know, get down to the nitty gritty and look at the, the fine detail, the fine print, whatever. I mean, it's it's just it's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous and it's dumb. Uh, Donnie lets us know that the Ravens need a field goal to win. Oh, we've got a uh, we are inside of a minute now here. The Baltimore Ravens about to attempt a apparently game winning field goal. Uh, Tina, by the way, says the team just didn't have good vibes. Today. It's really a good way to put it. I mean. You know, it's it's it was a rough game, rough game, rough loss for the Cowboys. Let's continue with our losers along that line. Overall energy. I mean, overall energy. This was 
you know, Tina said it, bad vibes. This was bad energy, bad vibes. And you can talk about how it's a noon game. You can talk about it's a noon game coming off of Sunday Night Football. We can explain all this away or try to explain all this away, but you can't. Uh, B.A. says, make sense of this for us, R.J. You know what, B.A.? Sometimes in the NFL, you just lose. Sometimes you just have a stinker of a game. Sometimes you just suck. That's that's what it is. And that doesn't make it okay. But that's the that's the most explanation you can offer here is that this was just not the Cowboys day. And sometimes that happens. You know what? Last week, it was not Minnesota's day. It's often not Minnesota's day, but sometimes that happens. You know, we've seen teams lose. Last week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the New Orleans Saints. And yeah, that's, you know, a division rivalry. You can factor that in, et cetera, that particular detail, whatever. But the Bucs lost. I don't think anybody's had the Bucs losing last week against New Orleans. By the way, Baltimore is about to attempt a 36-yard field goal to win against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll let you know exactly what is going to happen here. Chris Randall says, no excuse. A loss is a loss. Yeah, a loss is a loss. It sucks uh Ravens win Ravens win MG says Ravens to the bowl I agree this was a game with bad vibes bad energy loser energy I mean it uh, to be very clear I loved I loved the aggression from the Cowboys early on in the game going forward on fourth down granted that I won't say that blew up in their face but they obviously were overmatched they didn't realize that they were but I loved the idea, and I love that Mike McCarthy has been that. That is something that people still don't give Mike McCarthy enough credit for. But, you know, it didn't go their way. And, and that's the thing. The decision-making process from the Cowboys on those fourth down attempts early on their first two possessions, which the Broncos obviously netted points off of, the decision-making process on those two possessions was correct. It was sound. It was fundamental. It was analytically supported. But sometimes it just doesn't work out, right? Like you can make the right decision. You can say, we're going to go for it. Every every point of data, every point of analysis suggests that we should go for it in this particular given moment. Okay, you've made the right decision. You've taken the right path at the fork in the road. But sometimes you're not going to get the fourth down attempt. And that's what happened there. Uh, it was tough. Now, Joel says the worst performance I've seen in a long time. You know, if we're... If we kind of throw out 2020, and I know that you're like, why are we throwing out 2020? But if we throw out 2020 under the qualifier that it was a weird year, they were without Dak Prescott, et cetera, this was probably the worst loss that the Cowboys, the full-strength Cowboys, I guess is my point, have taken on uh, probably since Thanksgiving 2019 against the Buffalo Bills. That was a rough loss. That was an embarrassing day, and that was a little bit different. You know, later in the season, things were kind of slipping away with a head coach who was clearly on the out. Uh, but, I mean, that that's that's the last one for me in terms of worst performance, last one I have to measure again. So uh, it is what it is. Eric says, we have many degrees of freedom in the NFC East. We're winning the division totally. I mean, the New York Giants won today, but I'm hardly worried about them. You shouldn't be worried about them either. The Washington football team is on a bye. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll see what's going to happen against the Los Angeles Chargers. For what it's worth, I did pick them to win this week, but uh, I hope I'm wrong. I was obviously wrong on the Cowboys. But Overall energy, big-time loser here, big-time loser. Now let's keep going with our losers. We have nine losers here, by the way, for our post-game show. For those of you that joined us late, we have one single winner. I think you can guess, but we're going to save the winner for last. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So far on Losers, we have already discussed Dak Prescott. We've discussed Mike McCarthy. We have discussed overall energy. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. What can you say? Tough game. And he had the great punch out near the end of the game. Uh, Peanut Tillman will be so proud. Um, but, man, um, this was not a good game for Trayvon Diggs, man. This was a rough game for him. This was maybe his worst game. Um, this is definitely his worst game, I think, when in the era that people have expected a lot from him, right? Um, obviously, you know, last season, rookie, you know, did have three interceptions, and, and that was cool. But, you know, this this season is when everybody has kind of expected him to be the guy. Um, and, and in that time, in the post, he's the guy. Chargers, by the way, with an early lead in Philadelphia, about 50 seconds left in the first quarter, Chargers just scored a touchdown. But in, in the time that Trayvon has become the alpha, if you want to put it that way, this was his worst game. I mean, this was really, really, really bad. Kevin says he looked like the digs from early last year. A couple penalties, uh, got beat for the big touchdown. Um, you know, Tina says, I kept hoping for a pick. We all did, Tina. We all certainly did. And and that's the thing. Like, people are going to, you know, and I know you're not doing this, Tina, but a lot of people nationally, you're going to watch, you're going to see this. All right. This is the, this is the turn that happens uh, as we get through the rhymes and the rhythms uh, of an NFL season. People are going to say, you know what? Trayvon Diggs just doesn't have it. You know, that does, doesn't have it anymore, whatever. Look at him. He's not getting interceptions anymore. We said this. The interception streak that he was got, he was on was unsustainable. That was never going to sustain itself ever. I mean, it was going to come to an end and it wasn't going to just come to an end for one game. And then he was going to be back and picking balls off and whatnot. It's a difficult thing to do and it's a difficult thing to do because so much of it is out of Trayvon's control but the moments that Trayvon was involved were generally speaking not good in this game and that is troubling that's concerning it doesn't mean the world is ending doesn't mean the sky is falling but this was not a great game from Trayvon Diggs um an unideal set of circumstances um from him in the Cowboys secondary today against the Denver Broncos we move on um and uh, let's go to the offensive side of the ball if you have a loser on the offense that is not Dak Prescott I would like to hear who you think it is um uh, but, uh, by the way, Kathy says, I think Diggs is too much in his head right now. I don't know if I buy this, um, and I'm not saying I 100% disagree. I could see if you're doing something like that, like something incredibly special uh, that Trayvon was, I could see him trying to just pull, like, you know, pull off the interceptions, right? Like trying to, you know, really pull things off. Now, a lot of you are saying Terrence Steele, by the way, for offensive loser that isn't Dak Prescott. I do not have Terrence Steele on my loser list to be very clear here let's see by the way i think we have a troll in the chat if we can um get uh, uh our troll out of the chat we're working on that so don't worry i know you see a few of you are complaining about the troll sometimes that's what happens you know welcome to live podcasting live streaming whatever you want to call this uh but i do not have terrence Steele on my losers list the reason for that is that it was his first game at left tackle um i 
you know, I, I'm not saying like that, that gives him a, uh, you know, a pass or anything. He was awful. You know, look, I, there's different, there's a difference between being bad and being on the loser list because being on the loser list means that there's a level of responsibility you fail to live up to, right? We were expecting something of you. You disappointed us. And I think that, uh, I, I see we have taken care of the troll for five minutes. So, uh, we put the troll in timeout. We'll do what we can. Everybody. Again, this is a show of the people. You tell us to go after somebody. We're going to do what we can. So we got the troll consider consider the troll sniped. We did that for you, everybody. One love. But, um, I, I think it was, it, it was unfair to expect a lot of Terrence Steele. Now I understand obviously, um, that, Terrence Steele had impressed us and we had grown to expect more from him. But, you know, Cowboys said, hey, Terrence Steele, go play left tackle. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy himself has talked about how difficult of a proposition it is for offensive linemen to switch sides. He has compared it to uh, doing something that every human does uh, with the opposite hand, which is obviously a difficult idea to consider. We don't have to get into it. It's family show. But um, so in that sense, I, I just I don't have Terrence on my loser list. Uh, Lisa seems to agree with me. Says Steele was not a loser. He was put on the opposite side. Um, and now Owen says Steele got abused, man. Again, not a great game. Um, now, Jose with the great point says on your list or not, Steele was a liability out there. They kept him hidden on the right side. Here's the thing, Jose. Totally agree with you. That's on the coaching staff, right? Like that's not that's not on Terrence Steele. Terrence didn't make the decision, right? Terrence isn't the one who decided. Let me put me at left tackle and Lyle Collins on the right side. So. For, for this, I if I have to assign the blame for this, the action is what it is. You're right. Terrence Steele was a liability, was a problem for the Cowboys along the offensive line. The Kansas City Chiefs now officially up on the Green Bay Packers, by the way. Patrick Mahomes just hit Travis Kelsey for a go-ahead touchdown. But um, I, I put the blame, I lay the blame at the feet of the coaching staff because they're the ones who made this decision. Um, all right. So, uh, but still, let's move on. I don't have Terrence Steele. I understand if you do, uh, but he is not on my list. Because again, if you're going to make the loser list for me, this is the way I do this. You have to have had some sort of expectation that we needed from you. We demanded from you. We asked of you. You are supposed to be that guy, and you were not that guy today. And that is partly why the results were what they were. Somebody who fits this definition, in my opinion, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had, you know, a rough drop, a rough drop. And, you know, that's. You know, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill or anything. Amari Cooper was nice early on, but you cannot drop. And Amari Cooper kind of represents all the drops here for me. You had Tony Pollard with a big-time drop. You had C.D. Lamb with a drop. Uh, Amari Cooper obviously had a drop. And just, you know, Dak was a, a loser here. Dak, Dak did not play well at all. But if you're going to have drops from your top two wide receivers and your pass-catching running back, I mean, you can only do so much. And, you know, that's, that's just tough. It's tough to, you know... It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to overcome. It's impossible to overcome. If, you're, if that's going to happen to you, you're going to have no points as far as the real-time part of the game is concerned. Uh, Joel says receivers are dropping everything, and that's, you know, Dak deserves his fair share of blame. McCarthy deserves his fair share of blame, but they're not the only ones. Now, Kevin says, LOL, Cooper's first job of the year. That's the thing. Like, you know, we've we've fallen into this luxury with Amari Cooper, right, where our, standard, our standards that he falls below are so ridiculously high that they are – you know, impressive accomplishments for most people. So yeah, it's, you know, it, it is ironic that he's a loser after his first drop of the year here on November 7th. Uh, but I mean, you know, he costed his team today. He costed the Cowboys and that's, that's the point blank bluntness of it. Uh, but obviously again, 
these people that make the loser list doesn't mean that we're out on them as players, but just means they had, uh, they had games that, you know, uh, were disappointing. Uh, Pierre says, I think it's just one of those games, sir. You know what, Pierre, I think you're right. Um, you know, now Donnie says, what, a, what, what about that drop by Paul? There was no need for him to jump again. I mean, just a broken game, a, a broken game in a lot of senses. So a broken game for, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see him here. Uh, let's move on more losers here. Um, this is kind of I, I, trying to cast a wide net because, you know, I don't like to have more than 10 losers. You know, sometimes we'll do 12 or not losers, but winners, losers, honorable mentions, whatever. But 10 is a nice number. Sometimes you go to 12. If there's a lot to discuss, it's 15. Uh, but I'm trying to cast a wide net here. And if I threw this net out, it would definitely make its way through because the Cowboys run defense. Holy crap. Man alive. I could have sworn that C.J. Anderson was playing running back for the Denver Broncos today. I know it's too soon. I know. I know it's too soon to make a C.J. Anderson joke. But, man, this was rough. And there are a lot of people who have rightly thrown credit and thrown praises at Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, you just got run all over by the Denver Broncos. And again, you know, Denver's, and we talked about this on our preview show here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. If you watched, congratulations, you're a genius. If you didn't watch, wow, my feelings are really hurt. But something that we talked about was that Denver, from an offensive EPA per play standpoint, was better than most people thought. And again, I picked the Cowboys to win. You picked the Cowboys to win. We all thought this was going to be a walk in the park sort of victory for the Cowboys, but Denver was better, you know, from certain statistical measurements offensively than a lot of people were willing to give them credit for. Now, their run offense, their running game in general was not necessarily this like world beating thing, but I mean, how many times, how many big chunk plays? It was just awful. And, you know, early on those first two possessions that the Cowboys had, things looked promising. It looked like, you know, after the Cowboys went for it on fourth down to start the game, didn't get it. They force a punt or they, they get the ball back and everything's awesome. We're thinking, all right, great. You know, the Cowboys are going to have their way with the Broncos offense. No, I mean, you you know, and Tina brings this up. The defense was tired. You could totally say that. I mean, totally say Cowboys defense, but you've got to have, you know, you got to find a way. You, I mean, you want to be, you want to be a team. You want to be, you want to be this team that's going to be contending. You want to be this team that everybody's willing to crown. You want to be this, this group. You got to find a way. I know you were tired defense, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, now, Cairo says DQ didn't get run over. The D line got run over. It's been happening all year. Teams just haven't been able to stick with it. Now, Cairo brings up a point and, we obviously all have enjoyed what the Cowboys defense has been able to do so far this year, how they've been able to keep the Cowboys in games. You look at the pick six against um, against New England. You look at, obviously, last week in Minnesota. Very impressive game overall. Uh, Cowboys defense deserves their fair share of credit as well. However, however, and this is a point we've been talking about if you've been paying attention, the Cowboys defense, while impressive in certain stretches, has been opportunistic. Uh, they have been opportunistic, and they have been – I don't want to say dependent, but they have been dependent upon big plays, upon turnovers, upon tackles for losses. They've been dependent upon those things to swing the game in the other direction, whether it was turnovers, whether it was big plays, big stops, three and outs, whatever the case may be. And we are. this game was a, you know, a clinic in what will happen to this defense if they don't get those big plays, if they don't force those turnovers, if they can't get stops, they're just not going to be able to stop anybody, right? Like, that's what it is. This defense, this Cowboys defense has, you know, in the last two weeks, really, you know, gotten allergic to turnovers, right? They were, you know, we were talking about this forever, averaging two turnovers per game, basically since week three on. And the last two weeks, it's been nothing. It's been nothing. There's been nothing about turnovers, nothing about anything. And the Cowboys offense wasn't necessarily doing anything with the ball. So you can argue that turnovers wouldn't have helped. And you can argue that the Cowboys offense, if they'd gotten the ball off that block punt, could have scored, could have changed the complexion of the game, all that stuff. But the point is, this defense really just got guessed. Odessa says, everyone played low energy except Parsons. 
100% agreed. 100% agreed. Every And I think, I can't tell on Facebook what Odessa's profile picture is. It looks like it's a lion. Is it a lion, Odessa? You can let me know. I think it's a lion. It's a tiny box for me. It's, it's some sort of um, cat-like creature. Uh, but either way, obviously, Michael Parsons loves to talk about how the lion is always hungry. Um, I mean, just... You know, hey, uh, but uh, I was distracted because uh, Watsamata, thank you for the super chat, says nobody is in a super chat mood after this matter. Thanks, RJ. Not a fun job today, brother. Here's the thing, guys. I'm pissed and you're pissed and we're all sad and we're all mad and tomorrow's going to suck and we all have we all have friends and family members. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who's a Broncos fan. They're texting you. They're messaging you. Maybe, you know, you watch the game with them. Odessa, thank you for confirming it was a line. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, and it's annoying, right? Today's annoying. And tomorrow's going to be annoying. And Tuesday's going to be annoying. And Wednesday's going to be annoying. It's going to be annoying until the Cowboys win again. And we're all kind of waiting to breathe that air again. So we just got to hold this. But um, this is still awesome. Like, I mean, and I, I say that, you know, relative to the context of it all. I would still take this over any day in June or any day in April. These are the moments that we miss. We miss in the offseason getting so worked up emotionally over the way this team plays football games, right? And so in that sense, I'm incredibly grateful, and we say this all the time, to experience this with you, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you choose to make us a part of your Cowboys fan experience. It sucks that they lose. The Cowboys are going to lose games. They're not going to win every single game. But the solace that we can take in it, however much it means to you, maybe it's nothing, is that we can be together and experience it as a community here at Blogging the Boys, which is something we strive to do. And so it is a lot of fun in that sense. Eric says, I hate losing more than I like winning. I totally get that emotion. Totally. Uh, now, back to Odessa's um, lion um avatar profile picture etc i said we were going to do it at the end but it was just so topic was a nice segue the only winner here micah parsons i mean micah parsons um man uh i mean what an impressive player i mean what an impressive guy micah parsons is and you know patrick sertan got hurt in this game and it's unfortunate i think we all want to see uh patrick sertan play well we're sad that he's not on the Cowboys. we're grateful that micah parsons is but we want to see great players play that kind of goes back to we want to see athletes do things and so I mean, Micah was incredible. I mean, he is far and away the best player on their defense right now. And maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to say he's the best player on their defense. By the way, Philadelphia is getting close to the end zone here. First and goal, they just ran it up the middle for a couple of yards. But he is definitely the highest floor player for the Cowboys. We can expect the most on a consistent basis from Micah, from Micah Parsons. And so that's certainly nice. Uh, one and done says winner Odigizua. I did not have Osa Odigizua on the list, but I would not, you know, uh, have a difficult time placing him on there. Like I said, I went one winner, nine losers, but Osa Odigizua was phenomenal. Cowboys defense, like I said, you know, that their highest floor players are arguably their two rookies. You know, you talk about Trayvon Diggs, somebody like that. The, the ceiling is so high with Trayvon Diggs. It might be higher than anybody else, but the floor is so low sometimes. Not ridiculous ridiculously low but it is low uh and we've seen that over the last couple of weeks so hey uh survivor 722 gaming says hey but we only had five penalties lol that's a victory all right cowboys were averaging 8.3 penalties per game entering this contest so you tell me how to improve all right cowboys clearly improving here uh genie says Leighton just didn't get it done you know not a great game for Leighton Vanish. I don't have him on the losers list, but um, I could totally, you know, again, 
I would not have a difficult time placing him on the losers list. The Philadelphia Eagles did just score, by the way, pending the extra point. Uh, this game is going to be tied at seven. Looks like it was a Jordan Howard touchdown. Hopefully you had him on your fantasy team. Um, but, you know, hey, uh, Miguel says this didn't need to happen. All caps here from Miguel. I hate this mentality about needing a loss to humble teams. Good teams beat inferior talent. Miguel has inspired a question, and I'm going to ask it, and I'm going to read your answers. That's the whole point of this. Um, yes or no, did this need to happen? So basically, do you agree with Miguel? And Miguel, to be clear, I don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm willing to kind of think this out loud here with the group, with the class. But yes or no, in your opinion, did this need to happen and if so actually i'll ask you to, to add why if your answer is yes why you needed it to happen because if your answer is no I, I imagine you agree with miguel that you know good teams just beat bad teams etc blah blah now we're split here everybody says you know we've got yes and no uh we've got some all caps yes and some all caps no so we really have um again some some answers all over the place here one and done offers humble pot that is obviously you know an answer encompassing itself the Cowboys needed to be humble. Maybe you believe that the Cowboys were getting a little bit too big for the britches. You know, Cowboys thought they were too good. They were six and one. They went and won without Dak Prescott. Watch out. Cowboys went to the Super Bowl. Maybe you thought that. Uh, that's fair. Donnie says, yes, for the team to refocus and regain some energy. This is an important stretch. We're now in the month of November, people. Pretty soon, tryptophan is going to be coursing through all of our veins. I mean, we're that close uh, to, you know, that point of the season here. Lots of you, yes or no. Uh, G-Man says, no, but we can bounce back. Uh, Zam, uh, see, I've lost Zam DFW says, I will tell you after next week's game. Nice political answer here. Uh, Calvin says that Mason Crosby just missed a field goal. I'm seeing that on my screen just now. 40 yard attempt. Mason Crosby, in fact, pulled it left. But let's get back to this discussion. F Kit Crunch says, Yes, the team was starting to get too hyped up. Needs a splash of reality. Chris comes back and says, No, absolutely not. Great teams don't give away games. They flat out never showed up. Eric offers, yes, it's called a humble game. Uh, Isaac says, yes, sometimes a good old-fashioned butt whooping can spark a fire under them. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kevin, let's see here. This seems thoughtful. It says, yes, bet the Patriots would have rather lost to an inferior Giants team at the end of the regular season than have that loss to the same team in the Super Bowl. In case anybody's wondering, Kevin is talking about the 2007 New England Patriots, the only team in NFL history to go 16-0 in the regular season. Obviously, now there's not 16 games in the regular season anymore, but the New England Patriots very, very famously played the New York Giants in week 17 of that season, the final game of the regular season. Both teams in that season had nothing to play for. The New England Patriots had already clinched the one seed in the AFC. The New York Giants Giants were already entrenched in their wild card spot because our Dallas Cowboys were the number one seed in the NFC, not to go down that painful memory lane. But in spite of the fact that neither team had anything to play for, they both played that game all the way to the very end because the Patriots were on the verge of history. The Giants were trying to preserve NFL history. Mercury Morris certainly appreciated it at the time. The Giants lost, but that loss gave the Giants a lot of credit towards uh, winning the Super Bowl, a lot of belief that they could do that, they could hang with that team. That's a story that people have told forever in the NFL. And to Kevin's point, I think a lot of you know Patriots from that 07 team would say, you know what, I wish we would have lost. Nobody cared about 16-0, and if we'd lost, we would have been able to refocus a little bit more for the Super Bowl. But getting back to your answers here, um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Watsamata says 17 games is a long season, not possible to be focused every time. Agree with that. And I think 
this isn't going to make anybody feel better. But again, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars today. We've seen the Green Bay Packers lose. We've seen the New Orleans Saints lose. We've, you know, I know they didn't lose, but the loss, and there's an emotional factor to this, but the Los Angeles Rams almost lost to the Detroit Lions. Again, the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff situation, you know, notwithstanding. But, you know, we've seen the Baltimore Ravens lose. We've seen the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cincinnati Bengals. Every team who people have crowned as a legitimate, you know, thoroughbred contender this season has lost. They've had an embarrassing game, and this is definitely up there. Astro Joe says it was going to happen. Yes, it needed to happen better now than in December or January. Get it out of the system ASAP. And something, this isn't going to make you feel better either, people, all right? It's this is a painful thing. You just got to kind of grit it and bear it. Um, if you're going to lose, if you're going to be embarrassed, if you're going to feel all this crap that we're all feeling, you want it to happen and to come against an AFC team. That is the most inconsequential loss that you can have happen. I am 1,000% grateful, assuming a Cowboys bounce back next week against the Atlanta Falcons. I am 1,000% grateful that this happened against Denver as opposed to Atlanta or even last week opposed to Minnesota. This was the game. If you're going to lose a game, this was the game to lose. We talked about that in week two when the Cowboys were going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Jay, in all caps, says that's why I said don't buy into that Super Bowl hype this team has a long way to go it's a long way to the top if you do want to rock and roll uh let's see here but root wedding says it didn't need to happen but it does happen the Bucks had some bad losses last year that's probably the best comment but root wedding you are our early contender for MVP here on the show I like that you and, and to be clear here you know for the people who are saying no this didn't need to happen I will I'm going to speak for everyone who said yes nobody is saying I wanted this to happen. I've been rooting for the Cowboys to lose. I want to see them humbled. Nobody was, is saying that. That's not the take. That's not the stance. The idea is, you know what? This was necessary. This this was necessary. It's unideal, but the spin zone that we are in now is that this was necessary. We needed this. We're back down to the ground floor, down to earth. All is good. All is well. Let's beat the Falcons next week and have our way with them. Let's see here. Let's go. Brandon says, team won't make the playoffs. Don't be that person. In fact, on the subject of that, you know, do, do not overreact, all right? Do not overreact to this. I know the Cowboys lost, and that sucks, and we're bothered. This team is 6-2. and two. This team is 6-2. and two. They're 6-2, and two, and their schedule hasn't changed. All right, they're 6-2, and two, and they have four games left against the trash NFC East, all right? They are going to be fine. Will they be the one seed now? Probably not, but, you know, it's still possible. The true primary goal is to be one of the top three seeds all right that's the goal they do that then they put themselves in position to win the super bowl that's all we can ask that guy uh nice general name here says that game plan was bad dallas wanted to win the game in the first quarter of the game the game is four quarters make points when you can and keep the opposing teams on their side of the ball i have zero issue with the cowboys going for early in the game on the, in the first quarter i don't think they wanted to win the game i think what what i think the the context of what you're saying here that guy is they want to win the game all the time that's who they are. They want to win the game, and that's it. You know, the game got away from them, and it became more difficult, That you know, that proposition, but they want to win the game all the time. They do not want to play for overtime. They do not want to live for the fourth quarter. They do not want to bide their time. They want to punch you in the face and punch you on the ground. They want to keep bearing you. They want to win the game all the time, which is the disposition that we want to see them have, but it just didn't work out. It just, it just didn't work out today, and that sucks. Uh, let's see. Let's get back here to our losers. We've talked Micah Parsons is the only winner. Uh, losers, overall energy. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, Amari Cooper, run defense, Dak Prescott. Um, might as well say it. Results from the aggression is kind of out of your control, though it's literally in your control. Again, I love the idea of going for it early on, but the results just were not there. Uh, so it's unfortunate. Um, sometimes that's football, right? Sometimes that's football. It is what it is. Uh, let's see here. Another loser breaks the game. 
Um, you know, and you hate to blame officiating. You hate to blame the rules. You hate to blame that. It's a weird game. All right, people. We we love a weird game. It's a weird game. It's a weird game played with a weirdly shaped ball where some weird crap happens every week. Think about this. Every single week, there is something weird that happens in the National Football League. Every week, you can set your watch by. Although today, I actually haven't uh, changed my watch back. I uh, haven't set it back. You know, I hope you did. I was all over the place this morning. People walking around, looking at the stove, the microwave. My mindset was all over. I had no idea what time it was. But it's a weird week, or it's a weird game. And so sometimes weird stuff happens. Sometimes that weird stuff is the way the ball bounces. Sometimes the weird stuff is the way a rule is enforced. Now, Mike Edwards says it wasn't, or this wasn't weird, talking about, I hope you're talking about the uh, the blocked punt. What was weird about it was the fact that it happened to touch a cowboy in the position that it touched. That's it. That's the weird thing. That's You could try that. You know, I say this often in golf. You could try a golf shot. After you pull something off in golf, like a like an accident, right? Like you hit a tree and it bounces into the fairway. You could then, after that, hit a thousand balls and try to do that. And you would never do it again because that's just the weirdness of the sport sometimes. And so the breaks of the game just didn't go the Cowboys way today. And that sucks. Third down defense is my final loser. Really just, I mean, long third downs after long third downs converted, 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 converted. You know, I... Teddy Bridgewater is an awesome guy. Love seeing him play. Yeah, obviously a great story. His comeback. And I don't, I don't know anybody that isn't a fan of Teddy Bridgewater, the person, but not a great quarterback, right? That's okay. You can, both those things can be true. Not a great quarterback in the here and now. Um, but he was on Sunday. Teddy, the Cowboys defense got carved up by Teddy Bridgewater. And that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a difficult thing to make sense of. Um, it's just, it's a weird game. It's a weird game. Let's see your scanning tweets. Uh, Zeke Elliott was asked about the muffed punt block return and said, that sucked. That sucked that we didn't get the ball right there. I just think we need to play better. We need to execute. Nice to see, you know, Cowboys not necessarily, uh, you know, crying about the penalties. Oh, my gosh. Check this out from ESPN Stats and Info. You want to feel sad? Let's feel sad together. Dallas trailed 30 to nothing after entering the game as a 10-point favorite. They are the first team to trail by 30 in a game as a double-digit favorite since Indianapolis against New England in week three of 2001, Tom Brady's first career start. That makes me feel sad, and I don't like it. Wow, that is tough to take. Um, Goodness gracious, that is a difficult pill to swallow. Um, Man, uh, that sucks. and, and again, sometimes weird, sometimes that weird stuff happens, right? Like sometimes you pull off this incredibly weird specific thing that has never happened or only happened on a random Tuesday or something like that. But sometimes that's what happens. Uh, now, Cecile White has a take that a lot of people have, um, you know, kind of been leaning on. All other teams just have to watch the tape of this game to know how to beat us. This is not true. All right. This I, I understand you're upset. I understand your body. This is not true. I mean, so what all of the teams are going to watch this game and say, oh, all we got to do to beat them is convert every third down. That's it. That's all we got to do. All we got to do to beat them is, uh, you know, have a lot of success running the ball. That's all we got to do, people. Boom. Meeting over. See you on Sunday. That's all we got to do. <laughs> we, we just got to we got to do those super hard things. Um, so. I, I don't think that anybody is going to – there's no blueprint here. Nobody's been exposed. The Cowboys just played really badly, and that's okay. 
Um, let's see here. Somebody had an update on the Packers. I, or you had a comment about the Packers. The Packers, by the way, are on the Kansas City 23-yard line. Uh, score 7 nothing Chiefs, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, Burmese Star says there was no blueprint. We just didn't bring it. That's it, man. I mean, sometimes you just – sometimes you don't have it. Sometimes you're just – it ain't your day. And it wasn't the Cowboys' day on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Tina says they got lucky today. Tina, I would push back at this. I don't think Denver got lucky. I think they just beat the crap out of the Cowboys. I mean, they just beat them. They, they just beat a bad Cowboys team. You could argue the timing of it was lucky that they played a little bit above expectation and the Cowboys played below expectation, but it was earned. I mean, you, you got to give the Broncos credit. They had their way with the Cowboys. I mean, they really did. It's been a long time since we've seen a full strength Cowboys team just completely dominated like this. Eric brings up a question, says, RJ, what are the key out-of-division games left on the schedule? In case you're wondering, or in case you didn't know, four of the Cowboys' final five games are against the NFC East, so obviously those are important games, but there aren't a lot of non-division games left in that sense. Next week, obviously, the Cowboys have the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe you think Atlanta is a wild-card contender. That's certainly a, a data point that you can discuss. After that, the Cowboys have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders, and again, I'm not saying that I want the Cowboys to lose. But if the Cowboys lose one of those games against Kansas City or Vegas, and we're going to say this now, we're going to say this on Sunday, November 7th, if the Cowboys lose one of those games, it's okay. Because if you're going to lose a game, you want to lose that game. Those are the games we want to If If the Cowboys are going to lose, it's going to be, we need it to be against AFC teams. But seven days after Thanksgiving against the Raiders, the Cowboys will visit the New Orleans Saints. That's probably the second most consequential NFC game left for them. Um, after that, there are, you know, four or five uh, trek starts within the NFC East. But obviously, everyone's going to point to week 17 when the Cowboys host the Arizona Cardinals. The problem with that, uh, or I, I don't know about problem, but my uh, thought process there is I don't know that that is going to have the level of importance that a lot of people think it is. A lot of people have been saying for, you know, months now that that's going to be the game for the one seed. I don't think so. I, I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to overreact to this loss. I, I've been saying for a while, I don't know that the Cowboys are going to get the one seed. And that's okay. That's okay. It's fine. If they're not the top seed, we want it, but it's okay. It's not the end of the world if they don't. I think the Rams are kind of ticketed for the one seed. I think we're going to see the Rams and the Cardinals kind of swap places in the NFC West. We'll see what happens today. Cardinals without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Um, but I think the Rams are going to win the NFC West. I think the Rams are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. We'll see if the Packers lose today. Obviously, the Buccaneers are on by. Um, and if you're listening to this or watching this after the fact, you obviously know the results of those games. But um, that Cardinals game is important. And I think it's important not necessarily because it's going to impact Dallas. And we this is something we've talked about a little bit on our roundtables. But that's going to impact the the seeding, right? Because Arizona, at the very least, is going to be a wild card team. And so that win against the Cowboys, if they win, if we assume an Arizona uh, by the way, uh, Cal Calvin updating us here, and I'm about to see this right now. The Packers attempted a field goal, but Calvin knows the answer here. 37-yarder uh, blocked by the Chiefs. Uh, that game against Arizona, whether Arizona wins or loses, is likely going to impact, if they're a wild-card team, what seed they are. Are they the five seed? Are they the six seed? Do they drop to the six seed? I don't know who in the NFC is climbing above Arizona if Arizona loses the West. Uh, but so that's that's where it's consequential uh, or key in that sense. But, you know, the, the two main ones, I guess, if, if to, you know, take a long way to answer this question or for the Cowboys are Arizona and New Orleans. But people will say Kansas City, people will say Vegas because those teams are really good. But those teams, those games mean nothing, relatively speaking. And, you know, I know. It, next week's game against Atlanta doesn't have the same, you know, sex appeal that the Kansas City or Vegas game does because those teams are really good. But next week's game against Atlanta 
is far more valuable to the Cowboys than today against the Broncos or the, the week after against the Chiefs or the week after that against the Raiders. The games against the AFC are the most inconsequential, and that's a you know that's something to just kind of set up in our minds. Uh, John says I picked up the Cowboys defense this week in fantasy. SMH, John, I've been riding the Cowboys defense for a while. I'm right there with you, buddy. But thankfully, my opponent, and I would never, you know, be super happy about this, had Dak, had Zeke, had Dalton Schultz. So, you know, I dodged some bullets there. But hope you won your fantasy team, whoever you are, because that's all we have right now. It's difficult. You know, it's a tough day. Tough day for the Cowboys. Tough loss. They'll be back. They'll be okay. Uh, but, you know, a little bit of humble pie, obviously. Um, not, you know, not the end of the world. And as we've been saying all show long, all contending teams, have had losses like this. Cowboys are not the only contender to have a bad loss. Teams lose. You're going to lose in the NFL. Cowboys are probably going to lose again, and that's okay. It doesn't mean the season's over. It doesn't mean they're not going to have success in the playoffs. They lost. They were not the better team on Sunday. Hopefully, they'll be better next week. Um, but And I want to reemphasize one thing, all right, because on the subject of playoff positioning and wild cards and whatnot and all these sort of things, um, Kenneth, by the way, says, think about it. You're talking playoffs and Cowboys in the same sense. I don't know if this is a troll job from Kenneth or if Kenneth is serious. Kenneth, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, you know, expose you if you're being sincere, but the Cowboys are going to the playoffs. That is, we are certain of this. You, you can bet your bottom dollar. The Cowboys are going to the playoffs, right? This was a little bit of a setback, not really a setback, but this was a, a disappointment, but they are definitely going to the playoffs. Rogers says being a millennial Cowboys fan, I expect a game like this every month. LOL. Roberto with a great point says the Bills loss is worse. People won't say that because it's not hip. It's not fun. It's not cool. But I want to emphasize one point because it's something I've seen a lot of that. This is why rooting for other NFC East teams is not necessarily the way to go. And we do a rooting guide every week at bloggingtheboys.com. We tell you what teams it makes sense to root for for the Cowboys, if you're a Cowboys fan, obviously. And there's a lot. Obviously, we're rooting for the Cowboys. We're rooting against every NFC East team. We're rooting for the Colts and for the Dolphins and for the Bears because NFC East teams hold their first-round picks next year. We're rooting against the Packers. We're rooting against the Bucks. We're rooting against the Rams because of playoff positioning and whatnot. But like I said early on, there are a lot of people who have said, you know what, man? I'm rooting for the NFC East. All right. I'm I'm rooting for the Eagles to win. I'm rooting for the Giants to win because I, I don't want their draft pick in the top 10. I want to see them, you know, the Cowboys are going to win this thing anyway. So, you know, let's go ahead. Tell you what. All right. Like, I'm not saying that the NFC East is at all in jeopardy, but the Cowboys are six and two. If the Eagles win today, they will have four wins. All right. It can it can flip in the blink of an eye. So you always got to be careful. You got to be careful. The first, foremost, and most primary goal is to win the division. And we want to make sure that that is taken care of. So hopefully it is much sooner rather than later. Hopefully, again, you won your fantasy league. Hopefully you can find some solace in week nine of the NFL season. Next week is week 10. Next week is the Atlanta Falcons. Things are going to be okay. I promise. Um, if you like the work we're doing here at Blog and the Boys, you want to support us, please subscribe here to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. That helps us out more than you know. Uh, we appreciate subscriptions. If you can like the video, share the video, those things go a very long way for us. If you like our podcast, please subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network. If you haven't yet, please leave a rating, write a review. Those things really, really, really help. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Check out blogandtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from the BTB universe. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. My DMs are open if you ever want to talk about anything uh only hit me up if you want to email me if uh you know if that's your your cup of tea that's your speed rj.ochoa at sbnation.com uh things are going to be okay going to be okay but uh 
is SA has said here, long week ahead. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long week for the Cowboys because they lost. I mean, you know, weeks are better after Cowboys wins and weeks are worse after Cowboys losses. Uh, so it is what it is. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. I wish it was a better result. I wish we had had a little bit more fun uh, with the Cowboys winning, but they'll be back. They're 6-2. and two. All is well. Um, We love you all. Thanks for joining us. You are the very best. And we hope you have the best day. Have have a great day. It's not a victory polo Monday coming up, but it's still going to be all right. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.